It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's a draft show Tuesday. Myself and Luke Inman will tell you the small school prospects that Quasi Adolfo Mensa should be looking at. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota football party. And it starts now. Welcome in again to the Minnesota Football Party. I'm Sam Ekstrom. That's Luke Inman. Find me on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom and Luke at Luke underscore Spinman. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. You can find Locked On Sports Minnesota in a lot of different places. Uh, Locked on Sports Minnesota app on Amazon Fire or Roku devices. We are free to subscribe to on YouTube. Let's get to 5,000 subscribers by the end of the month. I think we can do it. Get all of our videos there and free and available on your desired podcast app. Um, And if you want, and I don't know if I would recommend watching this, maybe just maybe don't watch it, but I had a NFL picks losers punishment video that debuted on the Minnesota football party yesterday. Um, in truth, it's one of the greatest edits, Luke, that I've ever seen. Thanks to you for that. I get humiliated. You folks get entertained. Go check that out at Locked On Sports. How many times have you watched this? You know, I saw the Oscar nominations come out this morning. Didn't yeah. see it on the list, but it, it had to be Late one entry, of the snubs. Late entry, you're right. Or maybe maybe it's in like the 2024 cycle because yeah. it dropped right now. I don't know if the, yeah, we want more eyeballs on it before we really give it that awards show push. But on today's show, it's going to be draft-centric, as we do every Tuesday now on the Minnesota Football Party, which is four days a week. And one draft nugget to get started, Luke. The projections are out for compensatory picks. It looks like the Vikings will receive a fifth for Tyler Conklin. That gives them five total picks in this draft and two-fifths. So in a a draft that's light on picks, Luke, at least you have a fifth where I think you have a uh, a chance to find a contributor with one of those two fifth round picks. Yeah, no doubt. They need all the help and extra ammo they can get getting that extra fifth. Doesn't sound like a lot. That's huge though. With no second, no six and no seven. Now you got two fifths. You're sitting there waiting from 23 to pick 88. That's a long way to wait. That's a lot of high end talent. Your watch just fly off the board. And remember day three guys, maybe not sexy. That's the glue of your roster. A lot of people like what they saw from Jalen Naylor last year. That's a day three pick. Josh Metellus played a lot this year. Special teams captain, blocks and punts. Those are the guys you need on the roster to fill up the glue in between the cracks. Having that extra fifth is really nice. And then, Sam, when you look at the free agents this year for the Vikings, too, Dalvin Tomlinson, I, for one, hope they do retain him. They need all the help they can get on the interior defensive line. If they let him go, or a Patrick Peterson, a Garrett Bradbury, Chandon Sullivan, Irv Smith, hopefully you receive some comp picks back the following year as well. But certainly for now, nice to get that extra fifth for sure. 
All right, Luke, you've come up with five names that you think the Vikings or any team would be smart to go after in this draft. You've run them by me. I've done the research. I've got takes as well. Kick us off. Take the reins. Small school, awesome players that uh, teams can find. Yeah, I'll just say, draft talk heating up by the day. Super grateful just to have this little platform, break down some of these players' scenarios, these options for the Vikings on the party once a week like this. I'll start here, Sam. I've been digging into this stuff for a while now. I'll say for most people, though, just in general, top to bottom, draft season really kicks off the same time every year, and that time is... Senior Bowl week, arguably best week-long all-star event we have is just scouts, coaches, media personnel, meet up down in Mobile, get our first look at anywhere from, you know, 90 to 100 draft eligible prospects for the first time. You know, I've been down there personally five of the last seven years. There's nothing like it. The buzz, the atmosphere, you're watching practice, sitting in the bleachers with people you've engaged with on Twitter and social media. You're all in one place, sitting in Mobile, watching the next crop of young talent sitting there looking at you. Oh, I wonder this guy from Pitt. What's his name? Aaron Donald. Who? I wonder if that guy's going to be any good, Sam. I don't know. We'll see. A little undersized. Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. And then you got the player interviews at the team hotel. That's fun. See who's talking to who. And everyone there, though, just getting such a unique kind of experience and really an advantage, too, from a scouting process lens, being able to watch those guys all week against one another and then playing that all-star game on Saturday to cap it off. So Senior Bowl is huge. I love it. Every year, that 90 to 100 guys. 15, 20 small school guys invited to the uh, week-long event. Guys like FCS Jarek McKinnon, Georgia Southern. Vikings fans remember that name. Cole Strange last year, UT Chattanooga. Guy has a great week during practice. Ends up going in the first round of the Patriots. These guys who have dominated their level of competition their entire careers, but still they got to carry around that label, that stigma of, yeah, but you haven't played anybody yet. Or, yeah, you were great in D2, but can you do it at a higher level? Without something like the Senior Bowl, where now these guys have that opportunity to go up in live reps all week against you know some of the best competition and talent in the country, and whether they rise to the occasion or they struggle and fail, at least Jim Nagy and his group have given these guys a platform, an opportunity to go up against guys that they'll eventually wind up playing across in the NFL. That's why I love that week the most. of these guys get drafted. So this is who you're going to be playing against in the NFL the next three, four, five years. What a better way to evaluate these guys than watching them all week versus other top prospects in practice, taking these live reps versus one another. Three years ago, I got to mention this guy because he's the local kid, St. John's, Minnesota, Ben Barch, offensive tackle, Sam. D3, Division 3, unheard of. I don't know if Johnny ends up having a great week. Prove he belonged. He could hang with the big boys. Ends up going in the third round to Jacksonville. That never would have happened, though, without the Senior Bowl. So just so many examples of guys like that and why we as media and scouts love it because it just allows us to get a broader look all the time at this talent in the country, no matter the name, no matter the school, because guys like Jerk McKinnon and Barch, et cetera, Sam, they don't get the ABC, the CBS, or the National Network every Saturday. They don't get the highlight tape following the big-name agents like some of the other top guys. So I absolutely love it. It starts next week. I can't wait. Today 
I got five small school sleepers I want to go over with you that are going to be down in Mobile that should be targets for Quasi and the Vikings on draft weekend. So let's take a look, Sam. I think we're in agreement. Vikings need help anywhere and everywhere on the defensive side of the ball. Of course, free agency, that's going to have a huge trickle effect into their draft day needs. But as of now, just start adding fresh young bodies on that side of the ball. That's got to be priority number one. And here's what I'll say. Just take a quick step back. First thing to remember when we look at these guys, not who they were in college, not the stats, the production numbers they put up, but if drafted and with the right coaching, of course, who could they be in two, three years down the road? I always think about Josh Allen was so raw, inaccurate, but it's not about who he is now. Who could he be two, three years down the road with the proper coaching and development? And that's why you got to start with the traits. Does this guy have NFL traits? I can mold into something. Does he have one specific unique trait? Maybe a punt returner, or kick returner. Maybe it's a, a blitzing safety. Whatever it may be, Nick Hampton, linebacker from Appalachian State, He's got the traits that make you just stop and say, whoa, oh my God. Anytime you make Bruce Feldman's freak list, that means you're going to get some attention, some mm -hmm. spotlight. Hampton's no different. Here's a uh, write-up from Feldman and his coaches back in the summer. He's an imposing six foot three, 240. He incline presses 365. Sumo deadlifts 600, almost as much as you, Sam. Can broad jump 10 feet, 6 inches. His vertical for a linebacker, Insane, 39 inches, and he hits 21 miles an hour on the GPS. His flying 10-yard sprint time is 1.20. Here's a quote from his coach. Nick's strength levels are through the roof. I have trouble putting exactly into words what he's capable of in terms of power. His ability to produce exponential power at any point in time is really what separates him from the pack. So to sum it up, Dude's a freak, Sam. And as important as practice is going to be for him, the weigh-ins on Monday morning may be just as vital to some of these guys. And I can't wait to see what he measures in at because... Massive. Yeah, knowing how much speed and power he has. And from what I've seen, the arm length and the wingspan, that's going to be in the 90th percentile too. It's not just all projection here either. This guy produced at a high level, specifically as a pass rusher. 19 sacks, 77 quarterback pressures in his last two seasons. He is a five-year player. So I want to note that a little bit older. He's logged a lot of snaps already. Mm -hmm. But if he can show he can hang with the top school athletes down in Mobile, which I'm willing to bet he can, I think this is a guy you might be able to wait until at least round three, if not round four or five. Now you add another young new linebacker into the Vikings group again. He's got all the traits we just talked about. Maybe a touch shorter, maybe a touch lighter. We'll see at the weigh-in, six foot three, 235, 240. That's going to be important. But think about adding him and the athlete he is next to Brian Asamoah, Sam, in 2024. After the Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks kind of era is over and starting that new wave and generation of linebacker play for the Vikings. Your thoughts on Nick Hampton from Appalachian State? Yeah, I mean, Hicks and Kendricks, they're savvy, but they're slowing down. Mm -hmm. Having Asamoah, who ran a 4.56 with a guy who you say runs 21 miles an hour, I don't know if that's with or without pads, but that's one of the top speeds you'll see in an NFL game. That's astonishing stuff. Um, I also want to see that weigh-in, too, because I've seen him listed 225 on football reference, 235 on the official team bio, and then you said 240 on the freak list. So if he's running 4.5 at 225, that's one thing. If he's doing it at 240, that's another thing, right? Right. So if, he, so if he's lighter, if he's 6'3", 225, that probably changes the evaluation just a little bit 
on him. We'll see how he measures in. That's obviously going to be key. But App State seems like they're always developing a linebacker. It was Akeem Davis Gaither um, a couple of years ago. Jordan Fair was a Vikings UDFA. Didn't work out, mind you, on the Vikings, but Fair had a similar resume, like long career, a lot of tackles at App State. But the nice thing about the long careers too, Luke, is they're a little more of a finished product. Like you have a lot of tape on them. You've seen them develop. Whereas some of the, the guys coming out immediately, you might only have one good year of tape on them and you are guessing just because of their their raw talent and traits. With someone like um, uh, Hampton, you can kind of envision where he might slot in because you've seen all the tape, you see what he's capable of. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm intrigued a lot by that, and I think the Vikings need a changing of the guard at inside linebacker here very soon. So that's a yeah. cool one. Uh, something to watch for. Yeah, definitely. And, and tell me what you think about this, too, because I have the thought process that linebackers, kind of similar to running backs now, just kind of a position. You can always find serviceable guys on day three, plug them in, get good enough play to allow you to save your early picks, right, on the premium positions like cornerback edge rusher, wide receiver, quarterback, etc. You look at some of the best linebackers in the NFL right now, Fred Warner, San Francisco, Demario Davis, New Orleans, both third round picks and both all pro generational linebackers right now. So if I'm a GM, just based off the history alone, I like to wait on linebacker and running back until the third round minimum, then grabbing maybe even one every year, hoping I hit in the draft later on, on a cheap rookie deal too, just a nice little bonus. And again, all the more reason I want to trade back in the first round and grab extra picks to allow the opportunity to draft some guys like Nick Hampton. So really excited to see him down at the Senior Bowl. Remember, Brian Osamoa, he played down in Mobile and Kwesi fell in love with him. So you just start connecting the dots. Here you've got another athletic defender, this front office could be really drawn towards after yeah. seeing him up close and personal. Sorry, Luke, we didn't see Quasey take a small school guy in his first year. They were yep. all power five. Yeah. Um, Spielman, he was he rarely took someone high in the draft from a small school. He'd take the Flyers in the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. Oli Udo, too, Elon. E, yep. And and actually they took an app state guy. Who was it? Uh Colby Gossett, the guard, sixth mm -hmm. round in 2018. Um, Luke, before your second guy, can't wait to hear who it is, FanDuel brings you today's show. We're very excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. Yes, FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Here's what you do. You make your first $5 bet, get $150 free dollars guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. FanDuel.com slash locked on. They've got your favorite bets, props, money lines, spreads. Combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. I like the uh, the tight end prop this weekend. Travis Kelsey, 75 plus yards, and George Kittle, 50 plus yards. That's plus 300. The tight ends have been killing it. I love that bet. Check it out on FanDuel on their safe, secure app as well. Remember, five bucks, get 150 in free bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, love it. Next one up here, Sam. Number four on my list, Cody Mouch, offensive tackle, North Dakota State. Now, every year, there's at least one small school darling from the offensive line group that everyone just falls in love with. Ben Barch, I already brought him up. That was in 2020. Cole Strange, last year, UT Chattanooga. Forrest Lamp, all the way back in 2015. Quinn Miners, White Quinn Miners, there's one every year. This year, Sam... 
It's almost a foregone conclusion. I could guarantee Cody Mouch is going to be that guy. Dude looks like he's your prototypical 1990s WWF wrestler. He's got the long red hair. He's missing his two front teeth. But more so than that, he just checks all the boxes you start with from a physical profile for an NFL offensive tackle. Six foot six, 305 pounds. Again, let's see if that fluctuates at all at the weigh-ins. But great size, length, power at tackle for the Bison. What I love, the consistency. Dude had 58 games under his belt where he showcased durability and versatility, log snaps at both left and right tackle. He even played a little bit of right guard his sophomore season. I just really think the Senior Bowl weigh-in will wake people up to his prototypical size and strength for the NFL. As a guy right now, maybe not a lot of people have heard of. He gave up just two sacks in over 1,500 snaps during his final two seasons. Sam, I'll say this. The offensive tackle class isn't the strongest this year at the top. The top two guys, Peter Skornowski, Northwestern, Paris Johnson Jr., Ohio State. If they were in either of the last two classes, I think they'd go after guys like Charles Cross, Ike Aquanu, Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, etc. So maybe no blue chip, can't miss guys at the top. But then you get to the second tier, and I think there's a handful of players I really love for the value. Mouch and some other players like Antonio Harrison, Oklahoma, that teams are going to try and wait on and maybe grab on day two. Now, I know the Vikings are set with two elite tackles. However, Brian O'Neill tore his Achilles late December. He may not be ready for training camp. It's not a sure thing we'll even see him during the preseason. Then when he finally does come back, what does he look like? You hope he's right back to playing like a Pro Bowl tackle, but you never know. So as much as I love what we saw from Blake Brandle as the backup swing tackle, I wouldn't hate seeing the Vikings add some insurance at tackle like Mouch in round three. Thoughts on Mouch and just the Vikings offensive line situation. I know we talked a little bit about this yesterday on the football party. Yeah, I... uh I my comp for him uh, is have you seen Muppets Christmas Carol? He's of course the, the ghost one of my favorites. Of, ghost of Christmas Past, come in <laughs> and know me better, man. It's a great, it's a great little thumbnail photo in his bio at NDSU. I know we like to have fun with these big guys, but he is he is the prototypical, um, you know, glass eater in the middle. He, here's a name. Are you familiar with Cordell Volson? Yeah. Cordell Volson, 6'7", 313, picked in the fourth round last year from NDSU. Well, what happened in the NFL? The Bengals moved him to guard. This is a fourth-round rookie, Luke, on a team with Super Bowl aspirations, not a rebuilding team. Cordell Volson played every single snap of the season at guard for the Bengals. Didn't miss a snap. So... If he can go to Cincinnati, convert from tackle to guard and do that, why not have Cody Mauk try the same thing in Minnesota? Then you've got competition for Ed Ingram, and you might have somebody who can follow up after Ezra Cleveland in two years if Cleveland doesn't have his contract renewed. So I, I love that that profile of Cody Mouch, but I think that he could maybe even try to move inside. He played right tackle. He played left tackle at NDSU. Um, I don't think he played any guard, but he played right of, guard his sophomore season. Did. Not a ton, mostly okay. a swing tackle guy, left tackle to finish his last two years, but does have a little bit of experience at guard, which you love to see for the Vikings. I, I think that if you bring in a guy like Mouch, you try him out on the interior. Mm-hmm. 
No, I'm with you. I don't know if the Vikings, especially with no second, no six, no seven, even with two fifths now, they don't have the luxury to start taking backups now and developmental guys in the third round. But if you can justify it as, well, we're going to try them out at guard, knowing how weak the Vikings interior offensive line protected towards the end of the season, I think you could certainly justify that. All right, number three on the list, Andre Carter, pure stand-up edge rusher from Army. This dude got zero offers to play for an FBS or FCS school as a wide receiver out of high school. Then eventually, he joins the U.S. Military Academy, made the switch to edge rusher, and man, did that pay off. Finally exploded last season. He had 15 sacks, 34 quarterback hurries, and 58 total pressures. Sam, you want traits. This guy's listed at a freaky six foot seven, 260 pounds. And what I love the most, he could be the first player from Army ever to be drafted in the first round if he can impress coaches during the week of practice. More of a pass rush specialist at this point, I think, Sam. And I'm not going to lie, everything I've seen kind of tells me he's going to have to be a stand-up outside 3-4 linebacker. So pending which scheme the Vikings are running next year, that may influence them one way or another. But another small school guy with the traits and production, you would love to add to this defense. Sam, I mean, it needs to be discussed, right? Zadarius Smith, he was playing at like 70% the entire second half of the season. And guess what? He's 30, going on 31, already has one major back injury on his resume already. And he's only going to get more injury prone as we move forward. I know his contract only goes two more years and it skyrockets in price to nearly 20 million. So I think just having some insurance policy, grooming another pass rush specialist has to be something Quasi and his staff kind of have circled in their draft notes, wouldn't you think? Yeah, you know, I think it's like having shortstop depth on a baseball team. Like you can't have too many good edge rushers. Uh, the Vikings have seen the consequences in recent years of what happens when they have edge rushing injuries because they didn't have suitable backups. So keep keep that pipeline going. Daniil, it's for, for so many years, he was just this young budding star. He mm-hmm. is, I'm not saying he's old yet. He's not, he's still in his prime, but he is getting close to 30. Zadarius Smith is already there. So I think you do have to add to that pipeline because I'm not sure you have it on your team right now. DJ Wanham's entering a contract year. Patrick Jones has been serviceable, but not spectacular. So you do need bodies at that position, no doubt, uh, going into this uh, year two, year three, year four of quasi KOC regime. Number two on the list. Let's get some offensive skill players in here for KOC, huh? Rasheed Rice, wide receiver, SMU. Remember, Cortland Sutton kind of put SMU on the map a few years ago. He was drafted in the second round. That paid off big time for the Broncos. Rice isn't the same big body jump ball alpha number one kind of guy, but he's not small though either. Six foot two, 205, super smooth off the line of scrimmage, good fluid movement skills. And he's got these long arms that just kind of chew up the middle of the field with one of the best catch radiuses of the group. What I love the most though, and what he does with the ball in his hands, tough, physical run after the catch ability and of the entire group of wideouts down at the senior bowl i wouldn't be surprised in the least if he ended up stealing the show the most down in mobile finished his career with a bang too. stock is pointing way up 96 catches over 1300 yards 10 touchdowns his senior season the year prior his junior year 135.3 qbr when targeted which i mean darn near perfect so i don't know what the plan mm-hmm. with adam thielen is 
I would imagine they would retain K.J. Osborne next offseason at a fairly modest price for what he brings to the table. Jalen Rager, I'd love to get your thoughts. Feels like a lost cause in my opinion, although I'm not writing him off completely yet. But the bigger point is, whether Jalen Rager turns it around or not, you need three or four capable receivers in the NFL offense nowadays. Creating mismatches is really what it's all about. This guy could be phenomenal under KOC and Keenan McCardell could add the perfect safety net in 2024 when the Vikes wide receiver core could be totally up in the air. They got to get Justin Jefferson some legitimate help in the passing game. And TJ Hawkinson, love him to death, just isn't enough. Whether it's Rice, though, or mm-hmm. someone else, Quasey has to draft a wide receiver at some point. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. I'm with you. I don't know if Rager um, even makes the team, to be honest, next year. I mean, you have egg on your face if he doesn't, but you can't muff kicks. You can't stop on routes. It seemed like he struggled in both areas that they kind of expected him to at least be average at. Um, Rasheed Rice, here's what I like about his resume. His last 20 collegiate games, he was very consistent. He gets open. He doesn't get shut down easily. In 17 of those 20 games, had six or more receptions. So it's he's not getting three catches for 120 yards, and and that's good. But in college football, it's easier to get away from defensive backs. Defenses just aren't as tight mm-hmm. um, in college football. This guy's getting open all the time. High volume in receptions. And like you said, dangerous with the ball in his hands. Also a bunch of 100-yard games. He had six of them this year, and then another game with 99. So... I think this guy showed that he can be very consistent at a lower level of college football, but not too low. I mean, there's some ranked teams on that list as well. Um, I, I like this prospect. Obviously, excited to see what he can do in the in the Senior Bowl, uh, what he runs. Feels like he could maybe do a slot kind of outside hybrid, which is obviously a good tool to have. Yeah, for sure, especially knowing Justin Jefferson's got that versatility. Not just a slack guy like everybody assumed coming out of college, where he did. He ran like 99% of his routes out of the slot at LSU. But just having multiple guys now that can switch inside and out, that would be nice to have in that wide receiver core. And again, perfect world. They recoup some more picks, maybe trade down from 23 to 31. You know, just looking at last year's draft, we were talking about this before the show, looking at some examples of tradebacks. Chiefs, 21. New England, 29. They move back. They get an extra third and fourth round pick, something somewhat similar the Vikings could do. Then all of a sudden, you just don't feel the pressure of filling every need with the first pick. You stay true to the board. You take the best player available, which should always be the case anyways. And if that's a receiver, Sam, like Zay Flowers, Boston College, at the end of round one, that's great. If it's adding a cornerback or defense and waiting on wide receiver later, that's fine too. But I think just moving back, getting as many picks as you can, feeling the flexibility of not feeling trapped into forcing your first pick is what the draft game's all about. All right, last one here, Sam. Numero uno on the list. Sam, you knew I had to put one of them on here because I don't care when he does it, but Kwesi has to leave the draft with one quarterback for KOC to start grooming for the future, even if it's seventh round. No one better than Jaron Hall, BYU. Now, People are going to hear, okay, another BYU quarterback with a rocket arm. They're going to think Zach Wilson 2.0. But I'm telling you, don't pigeonhole this guy. He's not the perfect prospect by any means, okay? But he's got his own story. He's got his own background and and, and own path that he's going to write for himself. So just stop with the lazy Zach Wilson comps. This guy's got a big baseball background. He's got the NFL fastball that you want at the next level. Great zip. 
can make any throw, has a great deep ball. And what you have to have in today's NFL quarterback He's got some mobility. He was the 20th dual threat quarterback in the country coming out of high school. He ran, I don't want to say he ran a lot in college, certainly enough though to show that he does have that escapability to at least possess that threat in the pocket. Kind of like Brock Purdy that we're seeing all of a sudden out of Iowa State for the Niners where he wants to stay in the pocket as long as possible if he can, but if it's just not there, he can scoot. I'm also really curious to see what his 40 time is going to be because I saw some speed on tape when he really got up to top gear. Kind of surprised me a little bit. Flip side is he did get banged up a lot at BYU. Took a lot of hits, got hurt, missed stretches of games multiple times. He's only six foot one, 205. But if you can teach him how to start sliding, the importance of staying healthy, maybe something can click with this kid. He struggles with pressure in his face, but doesn't every young quarterback, he gets super inaccurate at times in those situations, maybe throws off his bat foot, canics get a little wonky. But again, what's today all about, Sam? The traits. Who's got the traits? Hall's got more than enough traits for a guy who's already overaged. He's 25. So I can't imagine he's going to go in the top three rounds. But you're telling me you can get a developmental quarterback with all those traits for KOC to start grooming, developing in the fourth, fifth, sixth round? Sign me up. Sam, your thoughts on Hall and just the Vikings quarterback position as it sits today for the long term. Yeah, fun fact. Jaron Hall, born on Y2K, January 1st, 2000. That's a fun birthday. Uh, Yeah, I don't need my quarterbacks to run necessarily beyond the line of scrimmage, I want them to buy time behind the line of scrimmage because passing the football is always going to be more explosive than running the football, and it gets you hit less. So just mm-hmm. buy time. I don't need him to be a big runner. Looks like he was average in college, like 300 yards a season. And in, I think they subtract sack yardage too from that. So they do. I think that, yep. So I think that's still a pretty healthy total. Um, I like I, I like his how he profiles. He is on the older side. There's always a little bit of concern with that because your your career is going to be just a little shorter. But obviously, his first five years or four years, he would still be in that prime age. Um, probably bring him in and uh, have him compete wherever he goes. You're not going to give the keys to the franchise to him right away. It's probably a little bit of a project, but he'd be coming in mature. Uh, he's got like a lot of games under his belt probably eager to learn a little older, a good head on his shoulders. I like that part of it. Um, Got to see how he looks in the pocket. I mean, so many of these guys just based on resume only or scouting profile, it's so hard to know how they're going to respond to the eye test once they get in an NFL game. So I'm going to withhold judgment on hall. I like though, just his athletic profile and how that shapes up Vikings long-term. I mean, Nick Mullins is not like a long-term, you know, project. So that he probably is one and done in Minnesota. I think Kirk Cousins probably bought himself another year of an extension. Obviously, we'll get into that plenty in the next couple months. But I think that there's no wrong time to start addressing the future. I think if you want to at least bring someone in around the same point in the draft, you found Kellen Mond maybe a little bit later. I'm fine with that. You know, Kirk Cousins will eventually have to face the music and compete against someone who eventually will replace him. That has to be the reality. It can't be just a clean cut all the time. You're going to have to have a little overlap. Um, So I think that why not? You're 100% right, Sam. And, you know, you look at the Brock Purdy situation, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft. He's going off now the last seven, eight weeks. And it feels like that's a one in a million scenario. But you know what? It does happen. And if you're a team that thinks they're in a Super Bowl window, look at what happened to the Niners. Lost Jimmy G and Trey Lance. 
Good thing they drafted a developmental quarterback on day three. And, you know, everyone's waiting if Will Levis will declare for the Senior Bowl. And if he doesn't, especially now that he's getting top five buzz, then Hall, I think, is going to get a lot more chances. He's going to get some spotlight, some live reps, and have a chance to kind of prove some critics wrong and kind of carve out his own path down in Mobile. And the last thing I'll say about Kirk Cousins, you know, there is one thing that not a lot of people, I think, really appreciate about what Kirk Cousins brings to the table. That is his durability. Yeah, he's not mobile, so he doesn't get hit a lot, but he never misses a game. And that is really nice, especially at the quarterback position. The most difficult challenge, I will say, just to wrap up with Hall, probably is just going to be staying healthy. Seemed like he was always banged up due to that mobility kind of outside the pocket. You mentioned the yardage on the ground. He averaged six yards per carry his senior season, kind of just showed that dual threat ability. Again, I don't know about you, for all the good things Kirk does, one of the best pure pocket passers in the league right now, maybe, but it would be nice to have someone back there that can create with his legs just once in a while, escape some pressure, and not need a perfect pocket every time he drops back. I'm sure his offensive line would appreciate that too. But yeah, there you go, man. One week until the Senior Bowl kicks off that draft process for a lot of folks. So remember too, Vikings struck gold down there in the past, going back to Rick Spielman era. All the way back to players like Harrison Smith was at the Senior Bowl. All the way up to players like Brian O'Neill I saw live a few years ago. And players in between. Yep. Shamar Stefan, Jarek McKinnon we brought up. And then maybe a few names fans don't want me to mention. Senior Bowl MVP, Christian Ponder. But, Sam, it's the draft. You never know. That's why I'm a huge advocate, though. Trade back. Almost every year, stockpile as many lottery picks as possible. Just keep throwing darts up on the board. Interesting to note, Kwesi did draft three players from the Senior Bowl last season. Do you have any idea who those three players were? All right. I'm going to get – so, there, like we said, weren't any small school guys. Well, I'm going to go Andrew Booth. Or was he hurt? Let's just hear you three. Rip them off. Who you got? Andrew Booth. Brian Asamoah. Says Ayota Maywell. All right. Brian Asamoah, that should have been a, a gimme, an easy one. We already mentioned him earlier. Ed Engram and a Caleb oh. Evans. Oh. But, but three guys, I mean, hopefully, Sam, we look back next year. We say those were big hits in Quasi's first draft, especially where they were drafted, day two, day three. And they've all shown flashes, at least, and promised to be legitimate starters, maybe some playmakers in the not-so-distant future. And again, we've talked about this. You add them, plus Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth Jr. to the crop he brings in this year, and now all of a sudden, the Vikings feel like they got just a new young nucleus to build around once again. But yeah, five guys, though, Sam, I want you to remember. And hey, those are just my favorite small school guys. I think maybe next week we'll dive into some more senior bowl buzz check in with some guys down there that are live in mobile see what the latest is but yeah there you have it love it thanks luke um you're a pro you're an expert doing this every tuesday on the minnesota football party wednesday is our mailbag show send your questions in at sam ekstrom at luke underscore spinman and then arif and luke braun join us again on thursday subscribe to the channel locked on sports minnesota we're free and available as well on your favorite podcast app also check out locked on sports today uh, for the biggest stories in sports in 20 minutes or less, instant reactions, game recaps, lockdowns, take of the day. For Luke, I'm Sam, saying so long on the Minnesota Football Party. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.